What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Going through life with Betty and Bob. This is Milton Cross, ladies and gentlemen, ringing up the curtain for a visit with two people familiar and dear to us all, Betty and Bob Drake. On the train that is rapidly approaching the town of Walton, we meet Betty and Bob Drake. A few hours ago, they left the city of Monroe where they ran and still own that great fighting newspaper, The Trumpet. Upon the urgent advice of doctors, but against his will, Bob is going back to his country home to lead a quiet, restful life until he has completely recovered from the miraculous operation which made it possible for him to walk again. Yes, Betty had a difficult time persuading Bob that a return to the country and the simpler way of life was not only the best thing for him, but for their year-old twin babies, for Bob's mother, and for Claire Evans, the young widow of Bob's star reporter, and for Betty herself. Look at Bob. He's staring out of the window at the passing countryside. He's half frowning and muttering to himself. Betty watches him with a smile on her face. You mad about something, darling? Mad? Who's mad? <laughs> Would you like to take a look at yourself in my mirror? No, well, thanks. Well, I don't blame you. You'd frighten yourself to death the way you're glaring and grumbling. I'm not doing anything of the sort. <laughs> What's the matter, darling? Don't you like the scenery? It's beautiful. It's all right. All right? 
Look at those hills and those green fields. I've seen them before. And look at that beautiful herd of cows. Cows. <laughs> you are difficult. I'm afraid city life has spoiled me, darling. Trumpet has, too. I miss the excitement of the city room, of, of scoops, of special editions. Life in the city was a constant fight, and I loved it. But you're not in any condition to fight now. Why not? I can walk again. I, I may not be able to do a hundred-yard sprint for a while, but I can get around well enough to run my own newspaper. Let's go back. You forget that Mother and Claire and the babies and Gardenia are at the house already. I know. We'll get them and pack up again and beat it back to the city. Today? Sure, today. Why not? <laughs> You're crazy. Darling, you've got to believe me. I'll never get used to hills and fields and cows again. I... For all the good the trumpet has done, Monroe is still far from a perfect city. The crooked politicians are... Oh, look! We're coming into Walton. Fine state of affairs. From running the best newspaper in a city of a quarter of a million to sitting on a front porch in a village of 1,100 people. Oh, it sounds wonderful to me. You loved this place before we left for Monroe, Bob. You're going to love it again. People change. I've changed. There's the station. See, look at that crowd. Crowd. There, there aren't 20 people there. <laughs> well, it's a crowd for Walton. You wouldn't notice them on a street corner in a city. I wonder who they're waiting for. I couldn't tell you. Bob, maybe there's somebody important on this train. Well, then he wouldn't stop here. <laughs> oh, come on now. Be a good boy. Porter, will you take our bags, please? Yes, ma'am. Darling, do you want me to help you get up? I'll get up by myself. What? Well, you don't have to snap at me like that. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. I'm sorry for everything I've said. All right. Here they come, all right. Oh, yeah, there they are. There they are, oh, man. Oh, There's Mr. and Mrs. Drake getting off the second car. Mr. and Mrs. Drake. Yeah? I don't figure as how you remember me. Oh, yes, we do. This is Jeff Patterson, who owns that big farm on the other side of the creek. Oh, sure. As a matter of fact, I I see a lot of familiar faces here. Look, Bob, there's Joe Barnum and, and Cy Blaine <laughs> yeah. and over there. <laughs> Hello, Hello. 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 Joe. Glad to see you. Hello. Hello. Don't tell me you've all come here just to, to welcome us. Well, that's exactly what it is, Mrs. Drake. This is a welcoming committee. We didn't have much time to get organized. If we did, we'd have had a band here, too. <laughs> but we only found out about your coming yesterday. Well, Mr. Patterson, I... <laughs> if I remember correctly, you, you used to call me Jeff. That's right. And we were nothing but Betty and Bob, if I remember correctly. That, that's right. <laughs> well, uh, last night, we all kind of made up the speech together and uh, voted and uh, approved of it. Well, all right, Jeff. Now, don't get mixed up, Jeff. Don't let the words throw you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. Well, Betty and Bob, all the time you've been away in the city, we've been kind of watching you. We heard that paper was a bad proposition when you took it over, and we were all afraid you were going to get trimmed of the money you made out of oil down here. A lot of us even subscribed to the trumpet. We had it sent out here. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. It was a mighty fine paper. We could see that you wasted no time making yourselves important people. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blair in the city. We were all kind of sick with worry when you had that bad accident, Bob, and we were all kind of glad to hear that that famous doctor uh, fixed you up all right. Oh, thanks. And uh, we're all more than kind of glad to have you back here with us. And, uh, well... That's about all, I guess. Oh, you left out about half of it, Jeff. Well, maybe so. But I don't think I left out the feeling. <laughs> Jeff, I, I can't tell you how moved I am by this. I'm sure that Bob is, too. Yes, I am. We're glad to be back here, too. There's always something strange about coming back to a place you've been away from for a long time, but to come back and find friends waiting for you <laughs> just as soon as you get off the train... Well, it's, it's not just coming back. It's coming back home. Well, that's a shorter and a better speech than I could ever have made. Well, uh, come on now. We'll put your things in my car and we'll all drive you home. Well, that was a welcome that surely warmed the hearts of Betty and Bob. Later this evening, we find Betty and Bob and Claire Evans in the living room of their country house. The twins are asleep, and Bob's mother, tired by the preparations in getting the house ready, is asleep too. Betty and Bob are very fond of Claire Evans. In just a few months, Claire is going to have a baby. And so Betty and Bob, who helped her weather the terrible emotional distress which followed her young husband's death, look upon Claire with love and concern. Do you really like it here, Claire? Oh, I'm just crazy about it. Why, the house is so beautiful, and... And the country itself, I, I just haven't the words to express it. Yeah, it's uh, very nice around here. Oh, giving in, are you? Yeah, afraid I am. <laughs> Bob, that welcoming committee this afternoon really found the soft spot in your heart. Well, Betty, when you're away from people for a long time, you sort of forget. And when you see them again, the, well, the fondness sort of comes back. What? Why, everybody's been dropping in to ask if they could help or, or do any favors. Now, I hope you haven't been working too hard, have you, Claire? Oh, no. You no. know, it's not so long before... Yes, you... I know. I know, but I'm taking good care of myself. There. There it goes again. What, Bob? Somebody's firing a gun down the road. That's the third time I've heard it in the last hour. Oh, well, it's probably a car backfiring. No, Betty. It certainly isn't one of the farmers hunting. It's not only out of season, it's dark. Yeah, there it is again. I'm going out and find out what it's all about. All right. You don't mind if Claire and I come with you? No, you can come as my guest. <laughs> hey, look at those cars whiz by. Yes. Say, it's in the direction of those shots. Well, what could it be? Hmm. Funny. Well, maybe some kind of trouble up the road, Bob. Sounds like it's up on the next farm. Uh, Betty, what was the name of that farmer again? Oh, you do have a terrible memory. It's that farmer Rusak with that roly-poly wife who was always laughing. And there's two darling little girls. Don't you remember? Anita and Marie. You don't mind if Claire and I come... Wow! Ever since his wife died, he's been crazy as a... Oh, yeah. You? No. Hey, what's up? Why, it's Joe Bonham. Good evening, folks. Say, Joe, we're still strangers around here. Uh, what's all the shooting for and why all these cars? You mean you haven't found out about it yet? Found out about what, Joe? Well, that crazy foreigner Rusak has gone wild. Ever since his wife died, he's been crazy as a loon. His wife died? Sure, and he's kept those two kids of his out of school. When the tour officer came around, old man Rusak shot him off with a shotgun. Oh. Rusak did this? Yeah. 
I always knew that guy had a bad streak in him, and an hour ago he shot one of the deputy sheriffs in the shoulder. Come on, Joe, oh, let's no. get going. Yeah, he's locked himself in his house with his two kids. He said he's going to kill anybody who comes within 100 feet of him. But we'll get him out. He can't get away with stuff like that around here. Why don't you come along and see the fun? Fun? Maybe we will in a little while. See the fun? I think they're going to try and lynch Rusak. Oh, we mustn't let them, Bob. No, we mustn't let them. So Betty and Bob have come to the country for rest and quiet. But the same emotions, the same passions, the same hatreds, the same loves, the same prejudices stir men and women everywhere. If one is enlisted in the army of righteousness, as Betty and Bob have been since they took over the trumpet, it seems that there are battles to be fought everywhere. Be sure to listen when next we meet Betty and Bob to find out what they will do about the case of Frank Rusak. Milton Cross again, ladies and gentlemen, inviting you to take a moment to listen to an important message. Join us when we next meet Betty and Bob. Your announcer, Milton Cross.